Welcome to another episode of Get to Know a Blue Gator. Not to diminish any of my other guests, but I am extremely grateful to be talking today with the founder of Ascension Episcopal School, Dr. Jeanette Parker. Recently, she was instrumental in documenting the school's history in our 60th anniversary book, and she still attends school functions when she's able. A little background information before we get started. Dr. Parker grew up in Lake Charles and received her bachelor's degree in Spanish and French from LSU. After graduation, the Parker family moved to Lafayette, and in 1959, she started what would later become Ascension Episcopal School. In the early years, she directed the school in several capacities, including serving as headmistress from 1966 to 1968 before moving into public education. She served, she, sorry, she earned her master's degree in elementary education from USL and taught sixth grade for several years. She started the first gifted program in Lafayette Parish, earned an education specialist degree from the University of South Florida and taught in the Lafayette Parish Gifted Program for three years. In 1979, she obtained her doctorate from the University of Georgia in Education of the Gifted and joined the USL faculty. During her 25 years at the university, Dr. Parker developed and directed the state's first graduate program in Education of the Gifted and one of only 20 gifted education centers in the nation. She served as accreditation coordinator for the College of Education and later coordinated the redesign of all of UL Lafayette's teacher preparation programs. Her career included numerous professional publications and presentations, and she led national efforts to develop graduate standards for teachers of the gifted. On her retirement in 2004, Dr. Parker was given the title of Professor Emerita, Ascension's new middle school building was named in her honor, and she was elected to the vestry of Ascension Church and Ascension School's Board of Trustees in 2010. She served as Grand Marshal of the 2019 Homecoming Parade, celebrating the school's 60th anniversary. As a trustee emerita, Dr. Parker continues her service to Ascension Episcopal School as an active member of the board, in 2021, Dr. Parker added historian to her credits by writing and publishing her fourth and latest book, Bindell Gardens, An Historic Treasure in Lafayette, Louisiana, the history of the subdivision in which she li has lived since 1992. Well, I'm so glad you are here today to join me and for everyone to kind of hear your background and how the school kind of became what it is today. So can you tell me, Dr. Parker, a little bit about your background and how it led you to step out in faith to begin Ascension Day School back in 1959? And did you have like a vision for the school or was it just a call in the moment and you just felt like it was something you had to do? Well, I grew up in a very conservative Episcopal parish. And as a child, we never talked about such things as turning your life over to the Lord. That just was definitely not something Episcopalians talked about. Yeah. When I was 15, my mother died suddenly. And I found myself very alone and not knowing what to do. And one day, just out of the blue, I found myself saying, Lord, I don't really know what to do without my mom. So I think I'm going to just have to turn my life over to you. Little did I know that that was just the Fast forward to college. 
One day I was in chapel at LSU when I felt the strong sensation that I had received a calling from the Lord. At that young age, I thought the only way a woman could serve the Lord was to be a nun. Yeah. And I was in love and wanted to get married, so I didn't <laughs> want to be a nun. So I went to talk to my wonderful chaplain, and I learned from him probably the best advice anybody ever gave me in my life, that there were many ways that a woman could serve the Lord yeah. through a parish church. And all I needed to do was to pray for his guidance to see what it was he wanted me to do. I married while I was in college, and we moved to Lafayette in 1957. Uh, I, uh, shortly after I moved here, I was asked to serve as Secretary of Christian Education for what we in those days called the Women's Auxiliary of Ascension Parish. Hmm. And it was my responsibility to present lessons on the teachings of the church. Although my first degree was not in education and I had had absolutely no desire to become a teacher, <laughs> I began my task of presenting, realized that I was teaching, yeah. and suddenly became addicted to teaching. And I knew that something was coming through to me there. Right. At that time we had only one small son, but we knew that we would eventually have other children. And having grown up in Lake Charles, where Good Shepherd Church had a parish day school, I knew of the excellent reputation that the physical school education, the physical schools enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would want my children to attend an Episcopal school in our new hometown of Lafayette. And so I approached Father David Coughlin, who was our rector at the time, and asked him when he was going to start a school. <laughs> to my shock, Father Coffin said, I'm not. And I said, you're what? <laughs> he said, I'm not going to start a school. If we start a school extension, it must be a gross, grassroots effort. It yeah. has to come from the parish. It didn't take long before I knew that the Lord was calling me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if that you're getting a little emotional it's it's a powerful thing that you stepped out and trusted the Lord in that moment I realized that the Lord was calling me to start Ascension Day School it mattered that I had no background in education at the time <laughs> I was 24 years old I can't even I had imagine absolutely no idea how to start a school but the Lord had told me to do so and so I did that's about yeah. the best way I can describe it. I was 22 when I started teaching here, and I cannot imagine starting a school at that age. I thought I was so old at that age, but, you know, that's that's very young. Well, I, I was too young to understand that I didn't know anything. Right, right. School, so I just did it. <laughs> right, and you kind of learned along the way. I did. You I know, did what indeed. needed to be done. Oh, yes, I did indeed. learned a lot along the way. Um, you asked about my vision. I, I, I guess I didn't really have a vision for the school. I think all along, I, the way I was praying to the Lord and talking to the Lord about the school, all along I was saying, whatever is your will, Lord. Mm -hmm. And so it was his vision I was looking to, to, to start and not my life. All I ever wanted was 
put a large vision to be achieved. Yeah. Wow. That's, I'm so glad you stepped out in faith and trusted in that moment. How, so how many students started at Ascension? How many students in faculty when we began Ascension Day School is, was at the time? Um, we started the school, the day school, in 1959, and we had 17 kindergarten children <laughs> with one teacher in a very small building that no longer exists. In fact, it's been gone many, many years uh, back on the corner of the property. It had been the rectory, actually, at one time. I think it had two rooms and a bath. Uh, wow. And uh, that was the classroom for our 17 children. <laughs> In the second and third years, we added what uh, is now called PK-4, which we in those days called nursery school, mm -hmm. as well as the second and uh, section of kindergarten. In 61, we added the first grade and then added the grade each year until 1966, when we stopped the grade progression to sixth grade. Uh, we had absolutely no idea that we would ever go beyond sixth grade in mm -hmm. day school. When I left to go into public education, Ascension was a PK four to sixth grade school. With a total of enrollment total enrollment of about two fifty. Okay. And my last sixth grade graduating class had a total of seventeen students. Wow. <laughs> We've come a long way yes, in our sixty three years at Ascension. That's amazing. And so our faculty are now we're up to over 150 faculty members across all three campuses mm -hmm. and I was in the lounge the other day and one of them one of the first grade teachers said hey did you know that Jeanette Parker wrote a book I was like uh no I didn't know that she wrote a book and she was actually assigned that re your your book as her reading material in her graduate level class then you co-authored it with Dr. Lucy Begno, who was also a headmaster on this campus, or the campus director. She was a campus director on this campus. Um, and the book is titled Developing Creative Leadership. Writing a book is no easy undertaking. What kind of led you and Dr. Begno to write this book? Okay, well, first of all, let me, let me say that that was only my second book. My first book was a graduate textbook called Instructional Strategies for Teaching the Gifted. Okay. I was at the university at the time, of course, and Dr. Begno and I had become friends and, in fact, actually had identified a, a common ancestor and figured we were about fourth cousins, but that was just... Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had fun facts. That yes. Was a fun fact that we had that's that's now, neat. we see each other in Drug Emporium or somewhere, we say, hi, cuz, you know. That's precious. <laughs> but um, we were colleagues and friends, um, and I had, in my first book uh, on strategies for teaching the gifted, I had an emphasis on leadership training. And this is something that I had written about and developed a model for leadership training. My theory being that even though um, gifted students had high intellectual ability, they needed to be trained to be effective teachers and that there were certain factors and skills and aptitudes mm -hmm. that were needed uh, to become good good leaders. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Dr. Regno and I put this together. I wrote the theory of it and she took uh, unit teaching units from 
some of my students from the university who okay. had written their units that were a part of the requirement of, of my strategies class. And she adapted them to the leadership training model and we put the book together. Mm. So that was my, my second book. My third book, by the way, was uh, called Growing Up in Lake Charles. It was uh, with two uh, lifelong friends. We put together the stories of from World War II and on forward all through our high school. Wow. So that was a fun experience. And did you always want to write a book or it just kind of... No, I never really... Well, I don't know. I suppose the first one, <clears throat> in the, with the first one, I, I wanted to do it. Uh, I mean, I, it was just something that I just saw that I needed to do. I didn't see... I wasn't happy with what was in the field and mm -hmm. I thought we needed more. And so I did that, uh, that one. And then Dr. Begno and I wrote that. The, the the Lake Charles book came about as we one one of my co-authors was in Houston, the other one was in Lake Charles, and we were emailing back and forth and, and sharing stories from our high school days, and uh. somebody along the line said we ought to put all all this down in the book, <laughs> and so we did. <laughs> it was, awesome. was a lot of fun. And that's great. But uh, uh, anyway, the. The idea that when you told me that um, Dr. Regnos and my book, Developing Creative Leadership, which by the way I think was the worst of the four books that I wrote, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is still being used at, at the university, I was just shocked to hear that. <laughs> yes. Well, I had, I had no idea that you had written a book, so I was shocked in the, in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> Well, you know, we can never truly know the full impact of our decisions. Your decision to write a book may have inspired a teacher to become a gifted teacher, um, but one unintended result of you answering the calling to begin this school directly affected me. <laughs> and so now I'm going to get emotional. Um, I can say that I found a relationship with Jesus because of this school. I started back here in 2005 as a faculty member, and one of the faculty members, Tony Mouton, if you're listening, Tony, I don't even know if I've ever told you this, um, but she started a Bible study for our faculty. And <clears throat> that little group of core people um, really helped me to understand about having a relationship with God, which was something that I was missing in my childhood. And so part of this school and this journey is, I mean, it's just a part of me now. And now that my children are here and they get to be a part of this, and when I hear them talking about having a relationship with God and a relationship with the Lord, rather than just um, following the rules and doing what they're supposed to do, but really just having a relationship and being gentle, generous, truthful, kind, and brave, um, I'm just so thankful for you. <laughs> so, thank you for not becoming a nun. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can answer that call of God, and thank you for falling in love, and those little bitty things in our life that sometimes seem so meaningless, but end up having such big impacts on your own life, but also the lives of people that you don't even know because I've never told you this story, which is why we're both getting emotional here. Um, 
and it really didn't even dawn on me until a little bit later in life that, that I could pinpoint that moment that I found a relationship with God. Wouldn't have happened without this school. So thank you again for that one bold decision and trusting the Lord. And I think on behalf of all of Ascension's families and the faculty, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Before I give up the microphone, I think I would like to say that uh, this could not have happened without Father David Coughlin. He was, he was like a father figure to me. He was a wonderful, wonderful person and much loved in, in Ascension Parish. He was a huge support. And I had the support of other people along the way. Um, our original steering committee uh, consisted of Dr. Joel Fletcher, the president of USL, uh, as well as Dr. Robert Ducharme, who was the principal of the USL Lab School, and several parishioners, Carolyn Hyman, Dolores McCann, Dr. Charles Hamilton. All of these people helped me, my little 24-year-old self, <laughs> <laughs> trying to run a school, and, and, and we couldn't have done it without them, so I think they deserve place in this story. Mm -hmm. At this point in the podcast, I have done some editing and included a few stories that Dr. Parker shared with me um, that are pivotal moments in the history of Ascension that I felt fit best here in this segment. So we're going to include those and then we'll continue with the rest of the podcast. When we were getting ready to start first grade, start adding the grades, one, one grade, one grade a year. In 1961, I started looking for a teacher and making plans for the, for the coming year. Mm -hmm. I had advertised everywhere. I had put out word to the parish. I had done everything I could conceivably think of to do to find a teacher, and nobody had come forth. And so it was getting along about the time when I had to figure out what we were going to do. And so one night when I was saying my prayers, I heard myself say out loud, Lord, I thought you wanted us to start the first grade this year. But I've done everything in my power, everything I know of, to okay. find a teacher, and I haven't found one. So I guess I'm just going to have to turn it over to you, Lord. If if you want us to start first grade this fall, you're going to have to send me a teacher. Mm -hmm. And the next day she called me. Of course. <laughs> Peggy wow. Mosley called and she said, Jeanette, this is Peggy Mosley. I hear you're looking for a first grade teacher. Wow. So that's one of my favorite stories. And then maybe the other favorite story, although I do have many of them, is that... Um, when after we added the sixth grade, finances were not very strong, and that's a gross understatement. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we actually ended that year, I think, with a balance of something like three dollars and fifty-eight cents or something. Oh like that. boy! It was that close. Oh boy! But um, I had uh, occasion to go to fly. We had a in those days we had a little airplane called. Uh, airline called Royale Airlines that flew from here to New Orleans. 
and that's another story itself. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had occasion to go to New Orleans to meet with the bishop about some church business. And so when I went to, to take the flight, um, I was seated next to Mr. Um, well, I was seated next to a wealthy member of our parish who also happened to be the chairman of the board for one of the biggest banks in Lafayette. Oh. And he knew who I was and I knew who he was, but we had never met. And so we got to talking and he asked about the school and I told him what our precarious situation was because at the last, at the previous board meeting, uh, the board had told me that unless I was able to come up with a plan for the following year, they were going to vote to close the school at the end of that year. Wow. And uh, so the gentleman said, um, well, I'm going to help you. I'll call you during the week or before I'll call you before you meet your next meeting. So I waited and waited and waited and he didn't call and he didn't call and the day came and I figured he either he had forgotten or he had changed his mm -hmm. mind or something. About three o'clock, we had in those days we had our board meetings in the evenings. About three o'clock in the afternoon, phone rang and it was the president of the bank calling for the uh, chairman of the board. Uh, he came on the phone and he said, um, I'm going to uh, sign 45, uh, I don't know what, what maybe 25,000, I think about $25,000 worth of stock over to the day school and you can do what with it, whatever you right. want to do. If you want to cash it in, you can do that. <clears throat> if you want to just use it for security, to borrow money, you can do that, but I'm gonna change, turn it over to the school. And at the next board meeting that night, I announced the gift and the board voted to keep the school. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Came so close and God just sent a little miracle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's amazing. A lot. I have a lot of stories because I think those are my two favorites. Yeah. Well, the, the school really is built on faith and trust in the Lord and moving his mission forward and educational excellence in a Christian environment. And that's the original mission of the school, it is. right? Actually, actually, you may not want to use this, but it's really kind of funny that the original wording was a superior education in, in a Christian environment. And then somebody said, by superior, are you saying that it's better than all the other schools? We had to say, no, no, that was not our intention. We yeah. Really just as good as it can be. Excellence, you know? yes. And so then we changed it to academic excellence. And just within the last couple of years, it's been, we've changed it to educational excellence, but always in a Christian environment. That was the big thing to me. That was the, yes. the main idea. One core thing that doesn't change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is very important for people to know those little those little instances where the school could have disappeared, but that was saved by just little bitty choices or little like I was saying those little bitty the things. Lord in. I mean, it won't, you never know. It to happen. He wanted it to happen. So yes, it's great. And I 
really love what you're doing with the podcast. I think it's great to get these to get people from the school out into the community this way. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And for your story. And thank you thank for your you. story. Uh, <laughs> this is a beautiful story. Thank you. Well, it's been an honor to speak with you. And really, with uh, for me, it's without the knowledge of history, one, we can't really truly appreciate the present or even the future of what Ascension is going to be. So thank you again, Dr. Parker, for joining me. And to everyone listening, if you'd like to purchase a copy of our 60th anniversary book, you can find the link in this episode's description. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great Blue Gator day.